Hey everyone, just a very quick um, but very important pre-roll today. You've may noticed that um, there haven't been any new episodes during the last couple of days actually and, and that was for a specific reason. Um, we, we've taken some time to internally discuss how we want to um, proceed with the ID1 audio experience and um, no worries, good news first. Um, we definitely will proceed with the ID1 audio experience. However, we decided to um, slightly change the direction of this podcast. We will move away from very specific niche topics like very specific KPI, very specific um, fuel-related um, aviation topics and try to discuss more, let's call it broader, um, topics. Still airlines related, still aviation related, still about innovations and technology, but um, on a, let's call it higher level. And we, we do hope it still will provide lots of value to you. And I would be so happy to receive your feedback on this, on this new concept. Um, once you've listened to, to one, two, three episodes, hit me up on Twitter or get in touch on, on, on social media. Let me know what you think, if it provides value to you, um, what you like and what you don't like. Um, that really means the world to me. But now let's get into the first podcast episode of this entirely new concept. Hey, welcome back to the ID1 Auto Experience. Um, welcome back to the first episode where we are trying a kind of new concept to, to bring more um, industry news, industry insights um, to you, but still hopefully provide lots of, lots of value um, today. Um, and of course, with the other episodes, with the, with the upcoming episodes too. Today, we would like to talk about a exciting or some exciting news um, we heard we heard during the uh, last couple of days, actually, and, and this is about JetBlue. JetBlue's plan to finally start their um, New York-London route. And I think this is really exciting news. Um, the first flight they, they, they are planning to um, take off with their first flight, with its first flight on August 11th. And... We, we already can hear the, let's call it skeptic voices, telling that, that, that Jet, JetBlue's um, transatlantic plans um, are doomed to fail, right? Um, because any or every other airline that had, or that, that, that went down that road um, failed before. Now, I don't think so. Um, on the contrary, I will give you with today's podcast, I will talk about five reasons why I am convinced that JetBlue's New York, London route and probably also the, the other transatlantic routes that might follow after the, this, um, this, this initial start will be, a, will be successful, will be successful, definitely. Um, so let's dive into that topic and give you a little bit of backstory first. It, it actually took JetBlue more than two years from the, from the initial announcement 
of its plans um, of a of, of transatlantic flights to this um, announcement of the the official start date uh, just a couple of days ago now and actually a lot of happened during the last two years um, I'm pretty sure you you know that so there was or that still is this this global pandemic going on um, but besides that um, it's also very essential for um, explaining this the, the story later on that Chet Blue received a, a totally new aircraft that is or that will be specifically used for their Europe expansion plan. Um, I think Chet Blue's from a, from a, from an overall point of view, Chet Blue's goal um, with the transatlantic flights it is it is pretty apparent, right? Um, they they want and that they, they are very good in that in this um, they want to to attack they want to attack they want to disrupt um, the premium transatlantic travel so actually it is I think pretty much the same what the airline did on um, US transcontinental routes right um, if you just look at the, um, the the pricing at least the pricing we can find right now right now um, for a for a round trip between New York and London um, Check Plus Mint Business Class is about five hundred um, US dollars cheaper than any of its competitors. Um, you can search that on on Google Flights, and you will find that. Um, so it's probably it's a initial pricing, and price will rise later on. But still, uh, that that is a uh, that is a statement, right? Um, nevertheless, as I said, there. There are a lot of skeptical, um, skeptic voices, right? And it is true the the idea of a low cost, long haul flight this isn't new at all. Absolutely true. Um, there there have been many many airlines that tried, um, and so far as at least as I know, all of them all of them failed. Um, from Freddie Laker in the nineteen seventies to Primera Air to Air Berlin, Wow Air. Or Norwegian, um, actually the, the the latest example, um, and I would say undoubtedly low cost long haul is it is probably the most challenging airline business model. And the the, the biggest problem, of course, that that lies in the fact that um, there are some significant low cost advantages, which simply don't work on long haul routes. Um, most prominently. The speedy turnarounds. Um, this is something that that does not have that impact on um, on long haul routes. Nonetheless, I think um, it was too easy to to project um, the previous airline failures onto JetBlue's plan, and especially since you you have to bear in mind that the 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 airlines I've just mentioned. Abilene, Wow Air, Norwegian, Primera Air, they all failed um, for very obvious, at least retrospectively very obvious, yet very different reasons. Um, they used the wrong aircraft, they had the wrong business model, um, they had a debt-funded expansion, um, they had problems which are more or less out of their area of control um, with, with um, aircraft availability, with aircraft um, crowding um, 737 in, 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 uh, in terms of Norwegian. 
so different reasons um, but quite quite often um, obvious reasons sorry obvious reasons but quite often different reasons. there is not this one explanation why this hasn't worked yet um, so obviously I think JetBlue's plans they, they, they aren't risk-free at all I'm not saying that this is a no-brainer JetBlue will fly into to London and then expand to other European um, destination and they will make a whole, uh, whole lot of money out of that. It isn't risk-free at all. Nevertheless, as I, as I mentioned initially, I do believe that JetBlue will be the first airline that successfully, successfully and um, sustainably or in the, in the long run operates low-cost, long-haul or low-cost transatlantic flights, profitable, and long-term and I will give you five reasons why I am convinced that this will happen first of all I think they really they really choose the perfect plane for low-cost transatlantic flights um, they acquired the A321LR so the long-range um, version of the A321 and, and this this aircraft variant of the, the, the it's, it's a, a variation of the AE321neo, it really seems to fit low-cost transatlantic or low-cost long-haul operations perfectly. Um, JetBlue has a 100, I think 40, 141, 142 seats um, version, single aisle, two engine, highly fuel efficient. And, and to put it very simply, the economics of this aircraft are much, much more attracting attractive sorry than than operating larger twin eye jets like many of the competitors do right so i think with the airbus a321 lr JetBlue is in an extremely good position um, to operate on a very very good um economical um fundament secondly um believe it or not i think it's the perfect time to start that operations or August, let's put it that way, August is the perfect time to start that operation. I, I know it might sound 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 sound, sound crazy, um, but I think the strategy um, JetBlue is 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 um, is following here is, is quite obvious. Once Europe and the US are let's say over the hump and COVID restrictions are step by step lifted, people and at least this is what everybody expects, will begin to travel like crazy. It's the same what we are currently seeing in the United States, um, domestic traffic in uh, Asia, domestic traffic. As soon as people are allowed to travel again, they do this like crazy. And this is very likely to repeat on an intercontinental um, slash transatlantic um, on intercontinental or transatlantic routes and I'm pretty sure that this will be around summer August might be the perfect date and yep hey here's JetBlue ready to to fly you to Europe ready to fly you to London or um, vice versa ready to fly you to New York perfect timing from my point of view to start that operations as a third point, I think coming back back to um, the aircraft again, basically, I think that the aircraft strategy perfectly fits the changing demand 
Um, what do I mean with that? Most airline or aviation experts agree that it, it will take much longer for business travel to recover. And there are many statistics. Um, I've, I've just seen one of, um, I think McKinsey prepared that, um, that business travel or the impact of the, the financial crisis in 2008 and um, to, to business travel um, hasn't, it hasn't recovered yet. Um, 12, 13 years um, ago. On the other, um, on the other side, leisure travel, we have our travel, travel recovers quite rapidly or quite quickly. Now, um, moreover, many people argue that business travelers, even in the future, will prefer to um, stay in Zoomtopia um, and won't. Therefore, the the entire um, business travel volume won't reach the pre-COVID level anymore. And now that's a massive problem for legacy carriers. They are likely to struggle to fill as many business seats on long haul as they did before. Now, what will happen? Either they have to change their, um, have to change the, 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 the aircraft, um, or they try to compensate by hiking economy fares. Now, what will passengers do? Likely, it is likely that they will be desperate for a cheaper alternative, right? And again, hey, here's JetBlue, A321LR, equipped with 24 min seats, 117 economy seats. And that aircraft, again, that seemed to fit the short and medium term um, demand much better focusing on holidays and we have our traffic um, instead huge business classes and first classes um, as the, the legacy carriers do have. So this can, can be a very huge, huge asset in, in the uh, short and, and medium term. And the fourth point, and, and I think this is always important to mention, um, transatlantic, that, that always sounds like a big challenge long-haul transatlantic. However, actually, when you look at JetBlue's current um, destinations, they are used to long distances. Uh, London, New York is about 3,500 miles. If you look at JetBlue's current um, destinations, the longest is from New York to, um, to Ecuador, with almost 3,000 miles, so just 5,000 miles short, shorter than the transatlantic destination. Boston, San Francisco, 2,700 miles. Boston, Auckland, 2,700. Boston, St. Jose, 2,700. Boston, Sacramento, 2,600. You know, of course, it's not 3,500. Of course, it's not a, a transatlantic flight, but it is not that far away from it. And so I think JetBlue is is used to long distances, JetBlue is ready to go for the transatlantic too. And for the, for the last, for the fifth aspect, I, I have to come back to, to Norwegian. Um, Norwegian, I think it was the last airline, or the latest airline that, that tried to um, operate long haul, low cost flights. And they failed in the end, they failed. However, the carrier, um, showed that it is possible to operate low-cost transatlantic flights profitably. I think, or 
not only think, I know that although the airline didn't break out profitability by route type, um, their executives insisted that some intercontinental services were more than profitable. And the reasons why Norwegian failed were totally different. First off, the expansion was entirely debt funded, um, funded. And more importantly, they faced those massive, massive problems that were totally out of its control. Crowning of 787 and 737MAX, uh, uh, so totally out of their control. And those five reasons, um, if you put those five reasons together, I'm really totally convinced that JetBlue can do it. As I said, it isn't risk-free um, and there, there are many obstacles and, and um, um, many obstacles to, to overcome, sure. But I think if an airline, if there's an airline which can do it, then um, it is JetBlue. And I'm pretty sure that London, New York is only the beginning of JetBlue's European expansion. And they've, they've ordered 12 additional um, A321LR and 13 um, 321XLR. So um, JetBlue will definitely expand to, to more destinations throughout Europe in the coming years. Of course, that first and foremost um, assumes a rebound of transatlantic travel. And hopefully this is more a matter of when and not if. Hey guys, podcast is over. I do hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you want to do me a favor, um, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm putting out um, quite a humongous amount of content on, on Instagram. Latest blog posts, um, a lot of pictures, stories, and, and fun stuff. Um, yep, just a huge, huge amount of content. It's, it's more or less becoming our central information hub where we announce everything. Um, so do me a favor, follow me on Instagram. Um, just search for Ben underscore underscore ID1. And yeah, you will find my profile and I'm, yeah, it would mean the world to me. See you on Instagram.